Welcome back to Artist on Record. This is your ultimate intimate conversation with your favorite artist. The first time ever that Elvis sang with an orchestra. He had always just sang with his trio of rhythm section, and then they'd go home, and then would come the the overdub musicians to, uh, you know, give it more uh, body and, and uh, full orchestrations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was scared to death when he showed up at the recording studio. Uh, we did some of the tracks. We did most of the show live live. They're looking for trouble. You came to the right place. But some of the tracks we did uh, at uh, Western Recording Studios on Sunset, when Elvis walked in and saw a string section and and all the brass and so forth, he called me out on Sunset Boulevard. That was his thing. He said, Steve, I've never sung with an orchestra before. I never heard a Billy Goldenberg arrangement in my life. And if I don't like what I hear, you got to promise me you'll send everybody home except the rhythm section. And we'll just start with the trio and you can bring musicians in another time when I'm not here. And I promised him. We went back in the studio. He he stood by Billy Goldenberg on his conductor's podium and never looked back. I mean, they bonded like, well, the fact that he hired him to do uh, uh, his next movie uh, is more than enough testimonial. Um, Billy's arrangements updated all these uh, early Elvis hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had matured. It was 10 years later. His voice was stronger. His musicianship was better. And uh, and Billy captured all of that with that with the Wrecking Crew. And those guys just did a phenomenal job on that on that soundtrack. Bob Finkel did tell me when he uh, when NBC was approached by Parker uh, to finance all the movie studios had dried up on Elvis and the Colonel. They were not about to pay the Colonel his million dollar fee, and. Uh, so the colonel wisely said, who's got all the money now in show business is the record industry and television networks. So he said, I'll get the money from a television network. Never thinking he would have to do a television special uh, if a studio financed uh, Mary Tyler Moore and, and uh, change a habit. Well, when he met Tom Sarnoff at NBC, Tom was smart enough to say, we'll put up the money for the movie, but in order for you to get it, you got to deliver a one hour Elvis television special. Well, the Colonel never told Elvis this because Elvis had told the Colonel he was sick of television. He felt he was over, which he was, exploited by all these 60s comedians who were hosting these comedy hours in prime time. Even Steve Allen uh, had him dress in a tuxedo and put a, a, a hound dog in front of him on a, on a table and made Elvis sing hound dog with this dog, you know, in, in picture with him. And the uh, Milton Berle uh, show was very popular and, and he did a comedy shtick with Elvis. And Elvis was a caricature of himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
you know, I, I will say, I don't think Elvis would have probably got off the ground, especially knowing the business as I know it, uh, without Colonel Parker. He did manipulate him. He did make this deal uh, with uh, uh, Sun Records to sell his contract to RCA. I think RCA paid $25,000 for it. That was a lot of money in, in those mm -hmm. years. And, and uh, uh, Sam Phillips, had signed Jerry Lee Lewis and and uh, uh, all these major Johnny Cash major stars uh, and uh, had to sacrifice giving up Elvis's contract to keep his Sun Records alive, even though he says I did it for Elvis because I knew I was too small to make him world famous, and the Colonel did with with uh, RCA. Uh, really, you know, especially when he went on the Ed Sullivan show and everything. I mean, he, he made him famous. But there's a time in all of our lives when, uh, you know, you have to say, okay, uh, I paid him back and, and it's time to move on. The problem with the Colonel, he didn't give a damn about Elvis's talent or art or whatever. First time I met the Colonel, he said, uh, when I first saw Elvis, uh, I think he was uh, the, the, the booker, uh, on, on Louisiana Hayride, uh, uh, which was a touring company of, of, uh, mostly country stars. And he said, uh, I, I came into the arena and I saw all these young teenage girls just going nuts and crazy. And I didn't even look at the stage. Uh, I said, whoever's making those girls react that way, uh, I want to leave the Louisiana Hayride and manage them, which is exactly what he did. So uh, it was really a case of as Elvis moved on in his life, uh, the Colonel was a great promoter, but yeah. certainly had no creative management skills. And, and Elvis was... Uh, under a lot of pressure from from his mother and father, uh, etc., that the colonel was their mail ticket to getting out of being so poor, uh, and uh, so he did anything and everything that the colonel said. And if the colonel couldn't get him to do something, the colonel had his father wrapped around his little finger and could get his father to get Elvis to to do do anything. So when I met Elvis. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, when Elvis asked me what I thought of his career and, uh, you know, and I, I answered honestly, and uh, at first I thought he was going to kill me. <laughs> Instead, he broke out laughing, said, finally, somebody's talking truth to me. And uh, we just went from there. We hit it off. As a matter of fact, I was, I was getting nervous because Elvis, uh, you know, didn't want to change anything that, that uh, I had two great writers uh, on the special, Alan Bly and Chris Beard. Yeah. And they did the original format. And by that time, uh, the, the real lucky thing is when Elvis said to me, you know, I've got Priscilla and my new baby. Uh, Lisa Marie was only two months old when we did the 68 special. And they're living in a rented home I, I uh, rented in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. And 
and uh, is it possible uh, so I don't have to make that drive every day from Burbank to Beverly Hills uh, two ways and, and waste all that time and energy? Uh, can you put a bed in my dressing room here and, and I'll live out here? That was the greatest thing that ever happened because I would have never seen the improv and the acoustic session, uh, which after rehearsals or after taping something at NBC, Elvis would go into his dressing room bedroom and, and jam with whoever happened to be hanging out at the time. And uh, they would just kind of reminisce the old songs I didn't even have DJ or Scotty. That was when the Colonel finally said, I'll let you uh, create uh, what you saw in the dressing room on stage, but I won't promise you, you can even use it. And uh, so uh, I didn't know what I was gonna get, period. I just knew I had to get it because this is what everybody from the day I saw him on Sullivan was talking about, but nobody had ever captured it. Nobody had ever seen it. Make sure you catch Reinventing Elvis, 68 Comeback. Links will be in our description. And keep your eye out for more episodes with Steve Binder. Hit the notified button so you don't miss them. And subscribe and put your comments down below. We'll catch you all later. Mwah.